a barrier is a wall between something and there's space mm-hmm. for barriers yeah. and there are space for boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I just, for me, it's been helpful like thinking of separate, like, okay, is this mm-hmm. a boundary or a barrier that I'm putting I love up? That. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman. And I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future. To honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. I am McLean, your host. And wow, when this airs, it will be a new year. We will be in a new decade, 2020. I'm so excited. And as I have mentioned before in previous podcasts, really a beautiful practice to find what your word or mantra might be for this new year, this new decade. What are you really looking to do and be in this new chapter of your life? And our words are our prayers manifest. So take some time and think of what word aligns with who you want to be and who you are and where you're going. You know, I always love sitting and meditating, obviously, and allowing the download to come to you. So becoming still enough where your true essence can come forward and you can actually be quiet enough to hear it. And I have my words picked out for this year. Last year's was expansion. And I felt a lot of that within my work, within building this podcast, uh, within my partnership, within so many areas of my life. It really felt opening my arms and heart and soul more and more to hold more and more and more. And um, I'm now looking forward to a new year and a new decade. And now I'm in double digits of my marriage, which feels like a huge new chapter as well. And many things to be grateful for and many blessings to celebrate. And I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday season whatever that means to you. Uh, Hope for you mamas out there that included a lot of rest and downtime and possibly having some extra care with family members to help out with the kiddos so you can get some time with yourself to refill your cup and some time with your partner to reestablish you two as the heads of the household. Because when you are happy and you and your partner are happy and loving and properly boundaried and fulfilled, all of that goes down to your children. And that's really how we create and maintain healthy families. So I was just pulling the tarot card that I love, the Earth Warriors Oracle, which is all about female goddesses. And it was so apropos that I pulled today's, which was Padma Sundari which is another name for Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth, beauty, love, and spiritual enlightenment. And I've been personally doing a 40 days Lakshmi mantra challenge, which I really, really love. Um, I love Lakshmi and I've used 
this mantra throughout different times of my life. But this most recent one, I actually joined a group mantra 40 days with Natalia Benson via Instagram. I did a free call with her and she and the other women on the call were doing the Lakshmi mantra, which I actually did, I believe in May. And within like two or three days, we manifested this house. So it's pretty potent. And so I just did the 40 days. Um, I'm still, I'm carrying it forward, but I finished the actual 40 days two days ago. And I have to say that doing it on a group level, even though I was not checking in with anyone or emailing or texting or anyone, I, I know none of these people, just collectively knowing that I had agreed to this group really helped me stick with it because, you know, the days are long. There's a lot going on. But even knowing that I'd made this promise to myself, because I am just, I'll come clean, notoriously bad about following through with the 40 days. When I've been deep in Kundalini, I've been really bad about the 40 days traditions and the commitment of that. And I don't like to hold myself to a lot of those things, but this time I did because it it honestly is short and easy. It ends up, you do 108 recitations, which ends up being like seven to eight minutes. And so actually it was a really beautiful ritual that I looked forward to every night because my days are so busy and long that I would put Goldie down in her crib and we have a bed in her room and I would lie down because I usually stay for a little bit when I put her down until um, she falls asleep. It's usually like five to 10 minutes. So that's perfect. And I would do my meditation in the dark and the silence. I really, really love that. So, you know, we fit it in when we can. You can also do it driving. Your eyes don't have to be closed. It's just the mantra. And this one is Om Shri Maha Lakshmi Swaha. Om Shri Maha Lakshmi Swaha. Om Shri Maha Lakshmi Swaha. There are also some great Lakshmi mantras on iTunes or I'm sure Spotify that I listen to a lot in the car. But anyway, it brings in abundance in all the ways. So if you are working with something really specifically, it can be a nice mantra to attune yourself to. And my kids know it. I mean, I played in the house a lot. Um, So anyway, the card I pulled was her today. And I'm just going to read. I could read all four pages because they all are so on point. This is why I love the Earth Warriors Oracle. It's just so to the point and also deep and beautiful. But I feel like it's something that we all could hear as women and mothers. Uh, Let's see, where am I going to start? So it says, out of darkness, the light is born. The light is powerful enough to survive exposure to the darker side of humanity and remain pure, empowered, and effective. Trust in your spiritual purpose as a light in this world. Trust particularly in your ability to bring purity, order, grace, and light to disorder, chaos, and destruction. The divine is ever by your side and ever within your heart, assisting you with this higher purpose in all ways. When the Oracle of Padma Sundari appears, her message is that you are able to do a lot of good in this world. The Divine Mother will assist you with your purpose so that you succeed, but you must take action. Allow the light of spirit into your soul so that you never again feel that you are doing anything on your own. Remind yourself regularly you have a divine sponsor, guide, coach, partner, and friend with you always. That friend has unlimited resources and the most powerful will of all. Notice how your confidence 
to take action increases when you build that belief system within you, how much more secure, courageous, and willing you become. Part of your spiritual path requires that you walk your talk and live in a way that shows optimism and practicality. When something's not working, we don't need to hide from it in shame. We face it because we have spiritual self-esteem and self-confidence. When we choose courage, we can confront what isn't working and are able to search for answers. Rather than becoming overwhelmed or afraid of any darkness, remember that the Holy Mother is with you and within you. With your active participation, she will bring you everything that you need to confront and tackle any issue, no matter how intimidating it may seem, one step at a time. And I just think that is so important for myself to hear because I still fall into that trap of thinking I'm doing it alone and it all falls on me as the mom and I have to be everything and be everywhere at once. And that is false. We have so much guidance and love and support for us always. And when I personally, I can only speak for myself, tap into that, to Great Spirit, to Buddha, to God, to Gaia, to Mother Earth, to all the angels protecting me all throughout the day, I get such a confidence. Like, who am I not to bring my gifts to the world? Who am I not to share my experience? Who am I not to open up in a way when I feel called to do that with someone I may not really know, but that one little thing that I say helps change them that day, or it's that one thing that they needed to hear. It's a medicine that is above and beyond myself because we are getting so many messages when we can attune to them and tap into them. We actually are walking carriers of light. We are the light bearers and the divinity is completely moving through us. I mean, when I intentionally give my life and my day over to spirit, my day flows in such a better way because I'm actually in the flow of life. The things that we try to control all throughout the day is, it's like such minutia. It's like, it doesn't, so much of it doesn't even matter. So anyway, I'm glad I I pulled that card today. Yeah, so new decade. It feels like a really important and potent time to be on this earth. I feel like we are still in the midst of a great deal of darkness with, our attack on medical freedom, all the discrimination and racism and sexism and not supporting mothers, not supporting women um, across the world. You know, this is a global thing. And not to mention how we're treating our mother earth, how big pharma owns most of our country now. You know, there are many things to guide us to the dark and to bring us down, and to anger us. And with that anger, you know, there is medicine in that to use that, to propel us forward, to not be cozy in our little bubbles of privilege or safety. uh, When millions of other people on this earth are suffering and uh, we all need to be activated. We all need to be doing something to make the world better every day within our families, within our communities. Because if we each stand up and and really take ownership and responsibility of that, then we will change the world. And it is happening. It is happening. 
we also, with that, can only do so much in a day, especially if you have a newborn or you're pregnant or you have toddlers at home, you are giving so, so much. So maybe focus on the things that you can control in your day, you know, giving your ear to someone that needs it, um, sharing your story, because that is medicine for so many people. Cooking a meal for a woman in your community that is sick or just gave birth or willing to hold someone's baby so they can take a shower. You know, there are these little ways that we we can change the whole world, the whole dynamic of someone's life by our service and our giving. Um, and then there might be a moment when we're in a time in our life where we have more energy, our kids are older, uh, we have help where we can really get out there and activate and and march and protest and be really public visions of light. So, you know, it's a continuum and only you know what is possible and right for you right now and right for your nervous system and what you're capable of doing. And that is all great and that is all good. And I encourage that so deeply. But we are in a time where whatever you can do, whatever you can give, it's that time. And um, I'm really feeling optimistic and excited. And there also is fear in there and there is anxiety of different topics, but I'm really trying this new thing of being very cognizant of my verbiage and the energy with which I bring myself to these topics that really trigger me, which is, you know, our medical freedom and how that's being taken away and how still so many people don't want to look at that or face that because it is really uncomfortable. And it's looking at what we're not told by the masses, what we are not programmed to think about. And it's also looking at how we may have unknowingly harmed ourselves or our children. And those are all really, really uncomfortable things to do. And I want to keep sharing information and having conversations and doing what I need to do to protect my family and myself and my nervous system. So it's all, it's all the things. And that can be applied to every big topic in your life, right? So it's just finding, finding those places and the light and the dark to examine and to look at and to grow from. I am really excited about my work in 2020. You can email me, McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N, at motherthemother.com. If you're interested in motherhood coaching or prenatal postpartum coach sessions um, and grief sessions, all of those, I will send you back an email and we'll schedule a time to have a free discovery call and see what might work for you and how we can work together. And then I will send you my scheduler and we'll get you on the books. And um, I'm really looking forward to doing more workshops of education, postpartum education, motherhood education for the spring and summer and um, bringing some online courses out as well, which I will be giving more information and sharing in the near future. And continuing with the podcast, we're going to keep it on the weekly. and. I'm going to alternate, I think, between 
every other week an interview and every other week a solo episode. So please DM me or email me with more topics. You are not bothering me by sending me those. You're actually helping me, especially with my solo talks, because when I sit down, it can you know somewhat feel like I'm in a vacuum rattling on and on. So it really helps to have topics that you guys want to hear about and are inspired about. And, you know, as I always say, we're co-creating this community together. So I really do want your feedback and your interests to be known. Um, So please do that. That's really, really helpful for me. And yeah, I think that that wraps it up and what I want to share about that. And today's interview, I'm very excited to share. She is a mom friend that I've had. I guess we met maybe like six or seven years ago at a um, private moon circle group that we were having at a friend's house for a couple of years, which was really fun. We were all new moms and it just felt so huge to be able to refill our cups in that way to sneak out at night when our kids were asleep or near asleep and go sit in circle. And it was really sacred. It was most of us friends. We were all more or less kind of in the same chapter of our lives. And so I met Marissa then and she is just hilarious. She always makes me cry laugh whenever I see her. She's so well-spoken and just an interesting, smart woman that I admire and I ran into her. I hadn't seen her maybe in a year or two, which happens in LA. And then I just reached out to her and we had coffee a couple months ago. And then I randomly ran into her a couple weeks ago. And I was like, will you just be on my podcast? Because we had the the deepest dive into a very uh, poignant topic of nanny care. Um, And she just listened to me vent for a moment and really offered some insight into my situation, which I'm so grateful for. So this talks a lot about that, but it's also about motherhood and women's worth in general and um, a lot of things. I'm having her on for another topic very soon. So we'll get into more, but um, we specifically tried to stay around domestic help hiring help where our shame and guilt resides uh, in our own self-worth in the home and how our society doesn't really honor work in the home as like real work or legitimate work when in actuality, it is the hardest work. It is the world's hardest work. I was just talking to a friend this morning who's done a lot of things throughout her life and all sorts of jobs. and you know, things that most of us would find near impossible, at the very least, very challenging. And she was like, by far, motherhood is the hardest job every day. Um, we love it, but it is it is the hardest job. So mad props out to all of you women that are home full-time, doing it alone. It ain't no small thing. So without further ado, this is Marissa Peck-Johnson. And I hope you enjoy the listen, J-Ma. Hey, Marissa. Hey, McLean. So glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, me too. 
So let's just jump right on in. There's so much to discuss. Per usual, I've been talking 45 minutes before getting <laughs> record. <laughs> That's exactly right. I was so excited to come over today just to get to talk to Thank you again. You. I always I get a lot out of our conversations. So. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. So we ran into each other, what, like three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. At so. the Korea Spa naked. Naked. Completely naked. <laughs> As, you know, that is one of my favorite spaces in all of Los Angeles. I feel like if I leave this city... Olympic Korean spa is going to be the biggest thing I miss. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. But it's such a, a long time. Yeah, and it's just such a beautiful place because I'd gone downtown for an appointment and, you know, had like two hours to spare. And it's just, I love going there and dropping in 30 bucks. You can just chill, that do was, whatever. That was a day I'd had some things on my calendar. None of them were mission critical need to be done today. And I was really needing... The mm. self-care, which we touched on earlier, something I'm looking mm. to bring in much more strongly in mm. this next year to come. And uh, it was such an affirmation to me to see you there. It felt like a treat from the universe. Mm. I'd been there a few hours. I'd had a good sweat, a good rest, and it just felt like a real uplift before I got to leave to get oh, to go back in. Yeah. No, it totally brightened me up. It was cool. Um, and that's something I want to delve into deeper. And that's one, you know, one of my intentions of wanting to have you on here because you really helped me talk through that topic of help. Yes. And that's something that I really am bringing more into this podcast. And I want to have a series because I think it's such a huge topic and there's so many different aspects to it. I agree. I had seen your post about mm-hmm. help and was so moved by because I'm actively engaged with that as well. I also have help mm-hmm. and have been really thinking about this, how to best engage with this relationship. Yeah. So it also just felt so fortuitous we had to have that conversation. And then I've been thinking about it a lot more. Since then as well. It was really, really helpful to just have that neutral party, you know? Yeah. Which I think is like a good therapist, right? It's just having, and actually when I pulled up to the Korean spot, called another good friend of mine who I know is in different um, kind of self-help groups Mm. and like very clear on her boundaries. So I was like, can you just like download with me your hours and your situation with your nanny? Because I just need to know like what other well-boundaried people are doing. (laughs) And... You know, she gave me her little thing. Like I shared a little bit of mine and just have that that affirmation of, yeah, I'm not crazy. And yeah, this is something that's come up. And yeah, it's totally within my my bounds to be asking for this or, you know, up-leveling. It's and something, then you really helped with that. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's, it's so ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. And I think in such disorder, the invisibility of it, how yeah. little we hear about it and yeah. see about it and talk about it, I think points to there's something... Off. That's part of what totally. piqued my curiosity. How can this be so common and right. so under discussed, and yeah. everyone feels so alone with that? And it's so weird it's because so weird. Anyone that you see during your day yeah. that is a mother, yeah. that's not with their kids, someone else is taking care of their kids. Absolutely. So it's just it's all around us all the time, and yet it is kind of it's almost like a in some ways a secret. It's a and. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because I just think there are so many facets to it and it's always evolving. So there's that aspect, too. And then each new development of your children's ages, when they start going to preschool and they start going to school and then a lot of help wants full time. And how do you do that with these people that that have become so, you know, close in your life? Exactly. We talked about it the... There's the paradigm out there that it's like family. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's something I experience. Um, you know, this is such an intimate relationship yeah. and it's complicated, like, yeah. like family. And, and 
and rich and there's a we're dependent on one another in a way and interconnected and yet it's it's not a family member this right. is this is an employee and what's been so interesting to me which we talked about that day in the spa and then it was sort of one of the first times I'd really articulated it out loud other than internally just with my husband and us thinking about our own home but this paradigm of it's like family I think is holding us back from getting to this next level mm. of clarity and boundariedness. Mm. I work on having good boundaries and being clear with people. It's not something that necessarily comes to me super easily. And for sure with domestic help has been something that I, I, I'm still actively engaging with and trying to figure out. And then, you know, really the motivation for me, something that's really kicked the motivation in addition to just being connected to all my sisters out there who also have help is looking at these, this fleet of women who are helping us, they're mothers too, they're humans too. They also need the clarity of their role and what are the boundaries and what are the expectations and what's going on to feel really secure. And for just for myself, thinking about like, okay, giving it, they're like, oh, you're like family. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking if my employer was treating me that way, would I how how would that, what kind right. of impact would that have on me? Yeah. You know, is that like, certainly then I have to play into that to sort of please your employer. It is a job. I know mm-hmm. that the woman, Marcia, who works in my home loves us a lot and she's financially dependent on this job. Right. So it's so like intermixed mm-hmm. and I want to give her the dignity of this of this job and of this role. And something I've been really thinking about in the wake of our conversation is how, we don't respect domestic labor no matter who's doing yeah. it. When I was home with my kids, yeah. nobody was like, oh, you're working yeah. at all. Yeah. And there were issues with me and my husband where I felt bad about like buying a t-shirt that I wanted, didn't need right. because he's working and I'm not working. Right. Yeah. And so then of course it makes sense that when I outsource that labor, yeah. I would be similarly like, it would just be in the shadows in that way. Totally. So there's also this thinking of me now, again, another motivating factor to really trying to bring this in and find some sort of landing spot with mm-hmm. it of, this isn't just about also, again, <laughs> respecting and restoring the dignity of domestic labor for our like paid employees, but also for the women who are holding this down mm-hmm. themselves and for the parts of our days yeah. that we spend holding this down. It's a real fucking job. Can I curse? We yes, didn't talk yes. about that. It's a <laughs> fucking job. It's the hardest yeah, job. Anyone who spends two seconds doing it knows I that. Know. So I know. So what's what's with the acting like it's not a job? And I've been mindful now when I'm talking to women who are with their kids in that moment of saying like, oh, do you also work outside the home? Mm-hmm. And I've been getting this like flood of response from people. Mm-hmm. They're almost like in tears when I say it because yeah. they feel for the first time, like in such a long time, like I'm acknowledging that you're at work. Yeah. Do you also uh. work outside the home or are you full-time just mm-hmm. here holding this job down? And it's like, of course, you're, I mean, you're obviously at work right now. Look at what you're doing. I'm literally crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also in my mood. It's really... <laughs> Cry a lot of feelings, but really, so it's all, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so layered. It's so layered. And I find so much that, you know, I don't even know why this expression is coming out. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Like yeah. we're looking at ourselves, yeah. at the women who are helping us, at our children, the whole of our world. We see what's going on at our right. border right now yeah. with people who are migrating to find work. I mean, we all want to engage with what's best for our world. Yeah. And I think there's potential and right. delving into this relationship we have. So deep, yes. Yes, I exactly. Agree. I mean, there's so many things you just touched on. 
I'm trying to find yeah. like linear ways to. This is my problem with this podcast is like everything is so layered. It's, it's like so an layered. onion. So yeah. it's very hard for me just to make kind of one topic and then talk like stay in the borders of that topic because it doesn't feel authentic to me to talk about things that are so massive that way. But for the sake of the listener. Yeah. Thank we'll you guys for being want. patient. Exactly. Um, Hello, everyone. I'm so uh, glad to be, be with <laughs> you and I'm, I'm receptive for mm. tidbits that can be specifically helpful. Well, the family piece was... That was the main takeaway I took away from our talk that day. Um, Because when I saw you, I was really feeling at a wit's end. And our caregiver, Anna, whom we adore and we've had in our life for eight years, she actually worked at our wedding reception, which we didn't even know at the time. That's wild. It was a wild coincidence. That's wild. And um, we love her so much. And that was not on the table, right? We love her, period. She will always be in our lives, period. And we're new developments now. Right. So things have to change. And that's what's just been so difficult. And this year, 2019, I, if I had to kind of look at my main things I've been working on is boundaries and knowing what healthy boundaries are, A, and then B, learning what those look like in my own life and how I'm showing up and And I've really grown so much during this time. I don't have the same relationships. I don't have the same friendships. Like my friendship group has actually gotten really small and it's it's no judgment necessarily or blame. It's just I am boundaried now. And I don't have I don't have the bandwidth. Also, two kids like kicks my ass. Mm -hmm. Like one kid, we my mom was in town this weekend. So my oldest went and stayed at the hotel with my mom. Right. One kid, we were like, what the fuck? This is so easy. After having two. Totally. You're she like, had gotten a little older too. Yeah, she's eight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was six. Yeah, when the baby yeah. came, she was six. She was right. like fully dressing herself, brushing her teeth, right. taking her own bath. Yeah, I'm finding it's easier at this age. Right. Like, I mean, totally. the challenges are different, but- They're it's different. It's always easier. challenging. The physicality yeah. of it is easier. Just the sheer they exhaustion. walk themselves. Exactly. They carry their things. Yeah. It's a different deal, yeah. So even, but even to be home with a toddler and not having to worry about another human, we're like, whoa. Totally. So that was that was just interesting. But that family piece was so deep. And actually, it came up because we had a real coming to Jesus meeting with our help this past week with Anna. And she brought that up. You know, I do this job because it's not about the money. It's because I love you and it's family. And it's not about the money. And she kept saying that. Right. And I was able... To say, look, take responsibility for my piece. Like, okay, I have not been clear enough with you. I thought I was. I wasn't because you weren't hearing it the way I thought you should be hearing it, right? Right. So it's up to me to find new ways. And so like here we are having this kind of come into Jesus meeting to really clarify things. And I said, I know you love our kids. I We love you. Like this is, you are an angel in our lives. And that's has nothing to do with this conversation. Right. Conversation is like, we're in a different place now. My work has totally changed how it has been the past couple of years. And I have, to de- I have to depend on you in a new way with like very set hours, like office hours. Right. And, and I said, and I, you should be looking at this as a job because we are asking that of you. We are asking that this is your office and you have to be here at this specific time. Exactly. It's not cool anymore to roll in 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour without letting me know, you know, because we're family 
And those things with family, you let slide, right? Because they're quote unquote family. Exactly. They're quote unquote family. And by the way, we let them slide, but sometimes, you know, you can be seething obviously about the stuff your family does, but there's a different, there's a different different layer to it. And I love how you uncoupled there, the love that you have and the job that you have. Because I've been thinking about, I've definitely had many employers who are also Mm -hmm. mentors and, and, and have loved upon me in really Mm -hmm. significant ways and continue to be a part of my life. And they expected me to do my job right. in a job fashion, and they were yeah. happy to come down on me. Totally, as such, um, and it's a lot to hold for people, you know. It's a lot to hold. Something that you know you brought in the boundaries things, and something that I've been thinking about is like boundaries versus barriers. Mm. And I think sometimes, especially with domestic help, again, people who are so intimate, we're so dependent on. Maybe I know for my again for myself, I've felt like, oh, I can't really do boundaries because I don't want to put anything between. Right. And I'm now sort of seeing like there's a space for boundaries, which is like this is around all of us. This is like our this is the field of play. The boundary right. includes the whole team and all the action. And this is the out of bounds. And a barrier is a wall between something. And there's space mm-hmm. for barriers. Yeah. And there are space for boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I just for me, it's been helpful, like thinking of separate, like, okay, is this a boundary or a barrier that I'm putting I love up? That. And oh, it's a boundary. Great. It includes her. Mm-hmm. This isn't about separating myself from her, pushing her out of the family. This is about like, hey, this is the expectation yeah. for all of us. Yeah. And another, and, and it was beautiful because I know in her life, because I know all about her life and all about her family members and all the struggles, because that is part of our loving relationship, you know? Totally. Same, and same. so I know that she is not or has not been a very boundary person. So, and, you know, she has told me over the years, like, you helped me, you know, get the wage I wanted or stop working for that other person because she cleans a lot of houses. She's a very loyal worker to all these families. And, right. You know, so it, it, it just, you know, all these growth and these painful, and these challenging parts, it actually, it, there's lessons for all of us, right? So me even saying, yes, your family and it's a job and you need to be feeling respected on that end too. Exactly. And because exactly. she, I can tell like when, if I'm seething and upset, she's feeling bad and she probably wants to tell me something, but she doesn't feel like she can either. So it's just, it's, it's just cleaning up the street on both sides. Exactly. It's just like, let's just get clear. And it was so important um, for David and me, really, you know, it almost started with us. Like I was sharing with you, we just did these principles of our new marriage up level which is so exciting congratulations <laughs> now into our 10 years much to talk about on that as yeah well. and part of that when we were um in therapy actually it came up just how big a topic this was because it's really been falling on me over the past years these like little things of sliding or like like his job isn't really affected that much when she's an hour late you no. know but it's me and then I'm bringing that stress to him when he comes home at night whether I verbalize it or not it is there and he's very sensitive to my moods. Mm -hmm. And so when we really unpacked it with our therapist, because I was kind of, I kind of like was like, oh, just one thing. I just want to say like this one sentence. And then it turned into an hour. And I was just like, whoa, this is so much excavation for our family unit Mm -hmm. and how it's actually impacting our relationship. So it's like having these people, these workers in our homes, it affects everybody. And I think it just falls like kind of mysteriously on the woman. Like you handle that. Of course. You handle them. Well, because it's seen yeah. even with evolved cool husbands yeah. like we have and just in the culture that we in are, the, the domestic work is women's work. Yeah, so either exactly. we're doing the work or we're outsourcing the work and mm-hmm. we're managing that. Mm-hmm. 
And it just falls out. And I think for us, for myself as well, I, I yeah. definitely oh. feel a sense of obligation. It's not totally. like my husband sitting 100%. here saying, you have to do it. 100%. But that's just where it goes. And, and I when, have he, to, when he okay. does engage, I always fight to, I'm trying now not to say thank you every time he does something again, out of respect for like, this is his home too. And right. he, exactly. he, is, he is also here with me. I don't yeah. need to, but we're just trying to bring more space around that. But there's so much unprogramming and unschooling. So much unprogramming. And, and it was so healing when my husband said that, like you being stressed out is just as much stress on me. And not in like a victimy way of just like, I'm here with you equally. Right. And literally I just started bawling because it felt like I'd just been holding this all in. Like I'm holding it and I have to. And then to be able to share that with him and him like, no, we're we're actually going to come to this together because it actually has been impacting our relationship and we didn't even see it. Right. Because it's like, it becomes a triangulation. Like I wasn't asking things of him because he is the breadwinner mostly. He works really long hours. And so I was, you know, outsourcing on Anna. And then over the years of doing that, it kind of becomes this other part of the relationship. So you let things slide in your relationship, putting it on the domestic help. So it's just interesting. It's totally. like nothing's good or bad necessarily. It's just information. I always feel like, and not in a, I mean, everything can be different, but I've heard a saying before, like the way something is, is the way everything mm-hmm. is. And so mm-hmm. to me, that's just always encouraging with like, oh, if I engage really consciously with this thing, it's totally. going to have positive exactly. ripples and repercussions all throughout my life. If I'm very 100%. mindful about the way I do this one thing. Yeah. And this is such a big, Huge. such a big one, such yeah. a juicy one. And yeah. As you said, there's no even linear way to talk about it because it's so interrelated. Again, continuing to bring back in the scope of our world and the humanitarian crisis, we said it's it is all related. Yeah, and and so women's like worth, the bedroom to the world, everywhere in Every between, piece. and women's worth and women's empowerment. The way we're coming into the world right now, and these are our sisters too. These are mothers too. Wow. And I love what you said. Of exactly, it's like I, you know, when you were when you were speaking to your employee. Like, yeah, we do love you. And as it's almost like as someone who loves you, you need to have you need to know your work is valuable. And this work you're doing is important. And you should get that new salary and you should expect vacation time and you shouldn't expect to be penalized when you're sick or whatever's going on. And I think, yeah, again, the job has just been so demoralized and minimized and and hidden. And I certainly continue to feel I still sometimes when someone comes over and they see someone I have in the house, I, I kind of mm. twinge inside about it. There's still something about me that feels like it's off somehow. Right. Like that, I don't know, it's it's off somehow. And so that's just so curious to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so many things. It, it's so many things. So, you know, part of the way, and again, I'm so grateful for you having me here today because it's so aligned for me in my life as I move more. I also have my own company now and I'm, my work situation is is changing and evolving as well. And I am more dependent on uh, my house manager. This is the new term that I am trying to come up with because she cleans and takes care of our kids sometimes and is with our dogs. And if something's getting delivered, I can count on her, yeah. but it's, yeah. Yeah. Because your kids are in school now. My kids are in school now. Um, My son's home one day a week. He's with her now. Um, He loves her so much. It's been a really valuable relationship. And uh, so they continue to hold down Mondays, which is like a real special little start to the week. I love that. Yeah. 
it's been, it's been cool. Yeah. It was, you know, and it brings up, I mean, I wanted to talk a little bit more because for anyone that's listening and I know we're not alone because I literally talked to all my girlfriends about this, whether they have help or not. Like we're all in it somehow. We're all like in it somehow. To work or trying to even get a date night with our husbands or totally. exercise or whatever it exactly. is. Exactly. Just, know? or again, doing the work we're doing yeah. as best we can. Exactly. How do I get ahead of meal prep? Exactly. How do I make sure that the yep. house is clean, that the kids are the sleep thing. It's always changing. It's just such a hard job. And I do think, you know, there is such a piece that's very important. It's something I've just been working on so much is, and it's not easy. It's not easy, people. But really having these conversations with your partners, and if they're men, especially having a lot of conversations. And this may involve going to therapy. Yeah. Because it is so loaded. Yes. And we all have preconceived notions. You know, did you grow up with nanny help? Did your partner grow up with nanny help? We all have big feelings about those things. And sometimes it's the same as what you grew up. And sometimes it's the polar opposite of the way you grew up, right? Totally. So we're holding a lot of different pieces. And I just think looking at your family as this business you're running and everyone is equally invested. And that's this partnership we are working on is we're both equal. We're both bosses. And like, it's so easy to say that, but that actually means that every big decision that either one of us are making, we have to discuss with the other one, like bar none. So like with the work week of domestic help, that is a thing we're now discussing really clearly together. Right. His work trips were really, he's pulling me into that decision-making, you know, just to have more of a um, transparent share, right. Of yes. our lives. Yes. And, and like, you would do that in a business with your business partner. Exactly. So like, these are the finances. How are we going to make our lives easier on both sides? And for us, like Anna is a big part of that. So, and I was guilty of not letting him into these conversations because I was internalizing, he doesn't need to worry about that. This is my work, blah, 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 blah. And then that's where these like little cracks happen. So, and again, like if you're a new mom listening to this, you don't, you're not going to have all this figured out. I mean, this is years and years of oh, going through this. And it changes. You have it and figured it out one second and something changes yeah, and it's exactly. a whole new ball of wax. So I think just and that it, idea of like course correction at every time, allowing yourself. I'm wondering hearing you, and I, I sort of referenced this before about how we see this as our work too. It's not mm-hmm. just like, oh, the, the patriarchy's fucked mm-hmm. us in this way. We've internalized it, you know, and, yeah. and we need to shake it off too. And I'm just wondering... Like for me, I know that I sort of pride myself on like handling it at home. There's something about my womanness, my femininity, my competence mm-hmm. that's like linked to it. Yeah. So yeah, bringing my husband in anytime to any kind of crack in my facade of like, hey, I'm feeling out of order with totally. this. And I think that the domestic labor piece just like also goes right into that kettle where I want him to feel I, I have some desire and there's so many levels to it. Some yeah. of it's fucked up and some of it's true of like, <laughs> yeah. I want him to feel like, to, I love that idea of him coming home to an orderly house and totally. the kids run to him and we yeah. have dinner on the table. And it's just yeah. like, not the reality. <laughs> Usually, and that's not what it looks so, like. Even right? with the help I have, to right. be clear, I have full time out yeah. and it's a shit show all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're just like white knuckling it. And it's it's a it's a, like this funny draw to let our partner in yeah. on that level, which we're yeah. really trying to do too, of like really reaching out to each other with the struggle to be in partnership mm. together, just to yeah. not feel like we're facing challenges alone. Totally, there's so much medicine there. So much medicine. So yeah, exactly. If you're out there listening, you're holding this down, like yeah. bringing your partner in, even without any expectation of it getting better. Just yeah. reaching out with your partner of like this is the challenge. 
Yeah. Is so connecting. And totally. So connecting. I mean, so I've connecting seen, and literally so cool. in a couple of weeks, I've seen so much healing. Yeah. And he really joins me in another way and I'm letting him in to do it, you know, because yeah. like he is a very clean, orderly person, which I like because it makes me more. Mm-hmm. But like part of Anna's beautiful work at night is when she leaves, our kitchen is clean. And that is very important to him. Yeah. And it is important to me too. But like if I'm alone with two kids, that will take the back seat. Right. Um, because bedtime is a whole thing. But, it's a whole you thing. know, just knowing also like what, what are your deep needs and like how can you find them? And without judgment too, you know? Exactly. different things bother different people and there's no right or wrong. Exactly. Without judgment. And again, I think without, I'm really trying to approach my partner without expectation of immediate mm-hmm. resolution. Yeah. And just being open to the shit of it and the muck of it. And like, isn't that what we signed up? Isn't that the point of this partnership? Yeah. Not to be like another person that I have to feel, you know. In your own home. In my own home. Yeah. The the drill sergeant's coming home now. Exactly. And then, yeah. With my first baby, I did that so much. Like by 7 p.m., everything, like the house had to be spotless. Mm. And I remember in therapy, breaking down in tears. I was like, you don't, when you come home, I've cleaned the living room literally five times. Right. And the kitchen five times. Right. Every meal and snack. Like and full clean full. so and, many times. And I wasn't showing him that. And my therapist was like, yeah, why don't you not do that one day? Right. You know? And then he can see what that looks like because you're not let, letting him in, you know? Uh, my grandmother used to say this joke that's so funny where she was like, it was, you know, my grandmother from this different time and this sort of 50s ideal of stuff. And she was like, you know, the husband is like giving his wife a hard time. Like, oh, what do you even do all day? Da, da, da. And so he goes. And then when he comes back, the front door is open. The dogs <laughs> escape. The house is a mess. The kids didn't go to school. They're still in their pajamas. Everybody's starving. And he goes upstairs and his wife's laying in bed reading. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? She's like, remember when you asked what I do all day? Today, I didn't do it. <laughs> I love that. It's just like a, yeah. it's just like the image of it. I, I related it. to so much totally. just this idea of like just allowing, like just to lay waste to your world totally. for a day just by doing nothing. Which I so viscerally feel yes. in my body when you it's, say that. It's wow. such a funny that image. Like I such a good image. I remember I used to think that joke was like so misogynistic and insane. And I don't know. And it's then you again, have children. <laughs> I'm just you know I'm cycling through some of this stuff mm-hmm. of like again this I. <laughs> this image I brought in of my husband coming home to this clean house when I work too. It's right. totally insane. Yeah. But so that's what I'm searching for. What's yeah. true in that? Right. Like what part of me as a woman, as a nurturer, my personality, mm-hmm. like I, I can't fight that. I'm not the same as my male husband. And some yeah. everyone's on a continuum with this. But for me, I do have different instincts and I want to celebrate that and be in my full goddess power and having my home yeah. Beautiful and being the master of that domain. Yeah. There's something empowering and exciting. Totally. Because it's huge work. It's I mean, it's huge massive. work. It's my fucking castle and I'm it's, the queen yeah, here. You're the queen. And and so this is all like on my say so, yeah. what we do here. And so really seeing it that way and like, yeah. And so, yes, mm-hmm. I have an employee, of course, to help me hold down this critical work. And I manage all that, like, all yeah. hail me. Yeah. And to really feel the gratitude myself for it and not be always looking at the things that didn't get done and the stuff that still needs to be get done. It's constant. It's constant, constant. Yeah. So, you know, my kitchen's super clean right now, but our water faucet's busted. It's literally a faucet and fountain. When you turn it on, it like sprays water (laughs) everywhere. My father-in-law was here this weekend and turned it on and got sprayed in the face. I was just like, what the hell's going on around here? And it's like, of course I went into this shame. Like what's wrong with me that I keep my, you know, but 
It's like, shake that shit off, I man. Know. We're doing so much and we're doing so a much. great job. Yeah. And, and honestly, at the end of the day, it all does come back to love and having fun in your life. Yes. And, you know, I'd much rather choose my kids knowing they can come sit in my lap and hug on me and kiss me and we're having a great life together than my kitchen being spotless. Totally. You know, and like the neurosis exists, you know, within <laughs> all of us in some way, right? Totally. We all have those very specific triggers. And again, no shame, but it's just such important work to know what your triggers are, where they come from and how to work with them. Exactly. And then how to not put all that stuff on your kids. On our, I mean, and your kids. Yeah, and I mean, on, and on and on your partner yeah. and on your employee. I know again, who I think particularly exactly. when we get into that, like, oh, their family. Yeah, we go there with with that, like, we're putting weird stuff on them too. I'll add another layer to that, which I know I've felt this in the past before, and I've spoken to a lot of other women who feel this. Who they don't also want to give critical feedback because they don't want this right. person to quit because we're, so we're so dependent, dependent on them, and we love them, and our children yeah. love them. It's it's an it's not irreplaceable, but it is your it is. Yeah. It is also irreplaceable. It would have to be a whole new relationship. It's not yeah. the same as a lot of and other jobs. That takes jobs. also a lot of energy to train someone else for that job. Exactly. You know? So there's this funny, like where we're having both ways where it's yeah. like we're in the shame of it and we're like afraid of them leaving and we're in this whole thing. So then we just end up not getting our needs fully met. And again, no one's separate from anyone else. They're not right. getting their needs exactly. fully met new. And again, we're seeing that in our world now in yeah. such a powerful way where again, separate from individual relationships and how it is in people's right. homes on broad strokes, we see that there's just this huge inequity with our workforce. Totally. And so- And I think that's such a huge part to remember too, is like, if people are 10 minutes late, like, yeah, that can be annoying. And what did they have to do that morning with their own kids to get to your place to work? And LA traffic is fucking insane. <laughs> it's a nightmare. We all, know. we all do it. We all know. And- so also having that grace, you know, but then the balance, you know, you have yeah, to the boundaries too. Exactly. I would say it's like a, it's a yes and 10 minutes yeah. late one time because something right. happened with school is one thing. Right. Chronically 10 minutes late. Like I yeah. go to what barrier are you experiencing exactly. on your way here? Yeah. Can I unblock that for totally. you? Like what and is, having that conversation? What's exactly, what's, yeah. what's the issue here? I, I, we, we, I need you to be here at this time, not right. that time. Yeah. You need to be here at this time, not that time for you as well. Yeah. So what's the hardship? And mm. I think that sometimes, particularly, again, when we get into the class and the privilege and all that, I know for myself, I'm a white woman. I've come from comfort and having everything mm. that I've like wanted and needed. So I see that as this great, yeah. I've worked through a lot of layers of like guilt and shame around that and whatever. Mm. And now I'm in this place where I'm like, no, I have a responsibility mm. to do the best I can at all times and to have the most positive impact on the life of others that I can. I can't yeah. shirk my privilege. I right. can't unprivilege myself as much as mm. I would like to have mm, pretend, like spend so my good. 20s pretending that I could because I'm like mm -hmm. so woke. I'm just mm -hmm. like the wokest. <laughs> um, you know, my wokeness does not disentangle right. me from my privilege. Right. And so, okay, fine. Then let's use my privilege to the best of my ability. Yeah. And I agree. I similarly, I know what's going on with her family and in her life, and we've helped and intervened mm -hmm. in very critical ways. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, if you're experiencing some kind of chronic yeah. like lapse, maybe they have some need that's not getting met that you could help meet. Right. Yeah. We have access. We have exactly. resource. It's like, let's, 
do yeah. this. Let's, let's, again, this is, this person's also probably a mother. Yeah. Let's help her. Yeah. Let's help her be the best employee she can be. Totally. Just like how if I'm at a job, if there's some ball I'm dropping, they don't fire me right away and I don't quit right away and they don't not say anything about it. Mm-hmm. We put me on a performance improvement plan, Marissa. Mm-hmm. This is what we're seeing. It's what we need you to do. We've mm-hmm. talked about it. Here's the expectation. And the question is always, what can we do to support mm-hmm. you to get this done? Do you not know how to use the software? Do you need mm-hmm. something around that? You know, what's happening? Right. And I work with teams, which we can talk about also. And that's something, you know, we always get into. You have to give each other that clear feedback and encouragement. And you have to ask the question, what can I do to help here? Mm-hmm. If there's some chronic issue. Nobody wants to be 10 minutes late all the time. Nobody wants no. to be questioning whether or not they did a good job. Nobody wants to be leaving with like, oh, I feel like my boss is mad at me. I don't know why I'm up all night about that. Nobody yeah, wants no that. Wants, yeah, and crying and like feeling so crying. hurt. And I, I think again, that domestic workers, both paid and unpaid, so you know, like mm-hmm. ourselves, we're used to just feeling like crap about it all yeah. the time. And it's totally, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm this so is like, like a, no more of this. This yeah. is the highest of all the jobs. Yeah. The kids are the future. Mm-hmm. Our homes are, it's like, this is all we have. And everything we do out you know, it's just like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. So it, it, it needs to be dignified the way mm-hmm. other jobs mm-hmm. are. And so the boundaries, the clarity, the pay, you know, yeah. equity, you know, having it, have it be appropriate. And That's I think all part it's of it. so good too, for, especially for new couples or new couples with babies. So even write a list. Like these are actually all the things that I do each day. So your yes. partner can actually see it if they're not around. Totally. Like this, I'm not at home eating bonbons. Yeah. Like lying in bed all day. Like right. this is real. Yeah. And <laughs> the one other piece I wanted to bring up, which we talked about at the spa, but then actually had a conversation this morning. My Our preschool lead or teacher, um, boss lady was telling me how she approaches the girls or the women that work under her right? of just like every six months, a review of like, how are you doing? Like, are your, exactly. are your future goals being met here? Are we like, am I honing them? Am I using your skills? Like where, where do you want to bring more of? Are you, you know, she's like, I never take for granted that anyone wants to stay working here. Like it's, it's a constant evolution. I, I love that. Um, because she has a lot of these like young girls that are training to be teachers or like, or building other businesses, but do this because they are so amazing with kids. And and she said, and you have to be so clear. She's like, I work, she used to have a babysitting business, which I didn't even know about, but she's like, she got so clear with the parents and with the babysitters. And she would even tell the parents like, no, I'm not even going to like introduce you to my babysitters because you're not clear with what your needs are. Right. So I'm not going to oh, cool. then send someone to work for you when you don't know what you want. Right. And I was like, oh my God, there's the clearest boundaries. And that was something that we did last week with Anna whether it's myself, Anna, or David, we now have the same schedule. And I, a bit, you know, that in the past would have felt so horrible to me because mm. it's so boring and the schedule yeah. and like, let's live life. I want to be in my intuition. Yeah, totally. Like yes. maybe I want to have a play date and go to a later dinner or whatever. Totally. And yes, there are days that I will still do that. But just to have that template of like during the school week, this is what it is now. I'm and think- there's no wiggle room. I'm thinking about jazz music, like the jazz, great jazz musicians who are, you know, doing their thing. Uh, they also, you know, you have to have the fundamentals. You have to have yeah. a foundation. You can't riff on something when totally. it's unsturdy and unclear. Mm-hmm. And of course we need to have the space and the freedom on both ends. You know, yeah. Sometimes traffic, car trouble, anything, mm-hmm. things happen. Yeah. 
and particularly with domestic work, it's going to be often. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Often. Yeah. But to have that schedule to return to, Mm -hmm. to it's almost, you know, we were talking about core values before we started and it's almost like that that's sort of part of it. It's like this agreed upon core value. I love what you brought into about these performance reviews. Um, It's another thing that people do in business. You have regular performance reviews. It's not just when things go wrong. You just know it's coming. It's on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So it's a great time to talk about everything that's going right and maybe some things that need to be tweaked upon and do a deep dive into how is my employee doing? How are they feeling at work? Are they challenged or excited? Do they need more support? Does this work for them? So it's like, and again, this is an employee. Mm -hmm. So also for women, like if you are managing this situation, give like credit to you, you're a manager, you have an employee. So like, let's resource ourselves thusly. Maybe you've never had an employee before. This is certainly, this was like one of my first employees and it took me years to even really see it that way. And that's that's a whole skill set unto itself also. You know, I I really want to say that again for everybody out there, myself included, who's still trying to figure this out. People learn how to be great managers and learn how to manage employees. It's not something that necessarily should be instinctually so easy, even when it's the right fit. Totally. There is still a lot to learn. And yeah, I think the clarity of the role, I love what you said about writing down everything you you do too. And like for the new mom, I can imagine myself like feeling good about going through the checklist. And then obviously like there are going to be days that's just like not happening too. And the kids yeah. alive, kids alive should just like- that's, Kids alive at the top. That's like at the like top. breastfed 14 yeah, like that's <laughs> Just like continually, that yeah. 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 It's a lot, but there's, um, yeah, we, we need to bring the dignity to ourselves and to the other people mm-hmm. doing it. We have a responsibility, I think, as women and mothers to help ourselves out. 100%. And them out and everybody. And that's how we way. heal. It's not just us woke people healing, right? Right. It's all of it. And and I think it's important to, and I, we're just going to touch on this, but it is important to just be aware. And I know you and I are, because we've talked about it, but for anyone that's out there listening there is a lot of shame and guilt that can be evoked from even having help in your home. Exactly. And, I felt you know, that. Not a long time ago, you know, if you're a white woman, it was very common to have black slaves taking care of your babies or yes. even nursing your babies. Yes. And having their babies taken from them so they can raise your babies. Like it is real fucked up. It's real fucked up. And horrible and heinous. And that was not a long time ago in our history. And it isn't just white black. It's existed throughout human evolution and time. Whoever was kind of in power had slaves or help or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, in our, I would say the most prominent is the white man on top, but that it hasn't always been that way. You know, the Egyptians all had slaves. I mean, they were buried with them. So it's, it is a deep wound. It's a deep wound. And I personally believe in reincarnation. I've probably been a slave, you know? I'm very... Uh, sensitive to those things too. Also grew up mm. in the South where our help was black. Yeah. You know, it's fucking deep. And also those relationships were some of the closer ones in my life. So it wasn't quote unquote, just help, you know? Right. It was more like family, it but was- then that's the whole other thing. Like, what is that about? You know, it's <laughs> it, like, it's never ending. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a deep wound and it's, it's a, it's a historical wound and it's a current wound, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. because there is some money exchange, we have it separated a little bit. 
from slavery. But again, still a lot of domestic workers are not getting living wage, especially people who are part-time cobbling together with all these different houses and all this sort of stuff. And many of the women I know in those roles, they did leave their children back home and came at a young age here to provide for their kid. That was the only option they had. So their kids are there and they're taking care of our kids here. And that's just a painful reality. And it sucks to face that. Like I'm on, you know, it it like chokes me up just like, and and I don't want to, I don't want to be any part of that, obviously, but I am a part of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like by pretending like that's not happening, I'm just perpetuating that. I am not helping. You know, we all care about reuniting families. We're thinking about that. Oh, where can I send my money? I'm doing the lemonade stand with my kids. But like there are in, you know, it's not just out there. It's in here. And it's so painful and it's so hard and it's not our fault. And we do have an opportunity to help and to reframe it and to at least at minimum honor it and not pretend like that didn't happen. Like this woman in my home is a fucking badass. Totally. She did what her, for her kid, what I hope I would have the strength to do for mine. It's hard for me to even wrap my mind around being in need in that way and doing, Mm -hmm. going so dangerously into the unknown and working so hard for nothing almost. Um, But I would love to think I would have that strength of character if that were there. And I feel grateful to be around women who do. Yeah. And around our children. And have them around our children. And And I think hearing those stories too is important. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to... I, I, well, I still grew up an only child, so I think I knew a lot of grown-up things maybe before they were age-appropriate in mm-hmm. some ways. But I can see you being also, a very grown-up child. Yeah, and that's yeah. how Jemima was too. I mean, yeah, she was an only exactly. child for six years, but like, I don't really shield stuff. I mean, when she was two, she was like, why is he on the street in no house? And like, I wasn't going to pussyfoot around that. You right. know, it's like, so we've always talked to her very you know, lovingly and like, obviously don't overshare, but she knows what's up and she's really lucky and it falls on her to give back in this world. Exactly. And um, I think that's another really important piece. If you have domestic workers in your home, your kids need to know about their lives. You know, I want to hear the stories. I like when Anna shares, you know, yeah. she came into this country in the back of a trunk, a exactly. car trunk for eight hours, no. you know, after it- sloughing through the mountains. Like, yeah. That is some real shit. And our kids, our white privileged kids need to hear it. Exactly. Like, by the way, don't, don't disrespect this person. Exactly. And, and checking myself, don't let them see me yeah. minimizing this individual who 100%. is just yeah. an absolute force and a grace and an extremely competent, incredible worker. Yeah. And that's the dynamic I know I see myself just in not wanting to face the complexity mm-hmm. of it yeah. and the horror of it and the yeah. joy of it and just the bigness of it. I mean, all the feelings here are so big. Yeah. I mean, and we're all, you know, especially if this is something that's coming in post, like you've just had a kid. I mean, you're just blown open in blown general. Open. So it's hard. Yeah. And and exactly, I'm, I'm the same with my kids. I always couch, you know, whatever world reality they ask me about or ever with like, you know, we're safe. We have enough yeah. food. We have a place to yeah. live. And, but, yeah, totally. you know, not everybody does. And that's yeah. what we're facing here. And it's funny because even with everything that's been going on at the border, some moms that we go to school with are, you know, very involved in this very active conversation of like, mm-hmm. what should we tell the kids? And there's a lot of people who feel like 
it's not appropriate mm. for our kids to to know about that. And I totally get where they're coming from. I don't want to know about it myself. Yeah, right. Like at all. Yeah. So, and exactly, my kids, the amount of privilege that they have, the amount of access they have, I, feel, I do feel like there are gentle ways to yeah. bring information about the challenges that our world faces. I feel like I have to trust my kids that they yeah. have something to offer. They're yeah. so smart. They're yeah. They they have they have answers I don't have. And they're in this world. They're you know? in and this world. They are here. We're, we brought them in, but they are their own souls yes. on their own journey. They and it's through. so hard to think of your little babies like that. Yes. But they are the future and they actually are a part of this world now. Exactly. And you know, having Anna, like she goes down to Tijuana once a month and mm. takes supplies and toys to orphanages. It's like that's a really great thing. So if anything comes in we give stuff out right? and they're part of that and they yes. can pick out the stuffies they want and we can wash them and we can pass them on and the clothes that no longer fit or serve them, you know? Right. So there are different ways you can do it. Exactly. There's different. And, there's I mean, I don't even watch the news anymore because I had to be boundaried with that. It's, it's like, I, it, it doesn't, I can't do the work that I need to be doing when my nervous system is completely shot. And exactly. that's an addiction too, of this like news cycle addiction, which I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> Um, I, I agree. And I think I, I know for me in moments that I go into the news cycle addiction, it's also like, it is a shot of adrenaline and it's kind of this pass sometimes for me in the moment of like, okay, I'm not acting because I'm mm -hmm. consuming and always trying to balance that. We, we can't keep up with the just epic ongoing devastation that yeah. people are facing around the world and women and children, you know, in particular yeah. in this context that we're talking about, but there's so many obviously different types of yeah. devastation people are facing. And, um, so yeah, exactly. Managing that, managing our energy around that certainly is a part of this conversation. So no one definitely, if anyone, you know, listening, there's no, no one, you don't, we, we don't, we can't do it all. No. Just like spoiler alert. <laughs> I can't do it all. It's you not can't possible. do it all. It's you can't do possible. it all. And you can't have it all. All at one time, exactly. you know, it doesn't exist. It doesn't and that, exist. I think having those conversations and being that safe space for new moms to come and download with you and vent and cry and they can just, you can hold that space for them and they can cry about their marriage and you just know that's that's a blink in their life. It's yeah. not their marriage is failing or over and you don't need to gossip about it. You know, really being containers for each other and the discipline of what that actually entails. The gossip one you really you know? like hit on. So there's so and many you, wormholes. I mean, that's we can a segue. I know into what you've done and passed with circles. I mean, we met in a circle. Yes. And you know what is said in circle doesn't leave circle. And and really, it seems so simple. And for all you women listening, this is something actually. It is a practiced tool, right? Because we didn't grow up with this. So even if you're get your three best mom friends, just say this is a circle we're going to open up it ends here. Like there's no sharing and like start to work that muscle because then when we show up for each other in that way, we start showing up for ourselves in that way. Yeah. I, I think that that's exactly right on. And and the circles I've sat in for so many years and, you know, you and I were part of a moon circle for a long time. That was super transformational. That moment yeah, that we I had know. with that it was, a great was moment like of time. just so amazing. Um, you know, where I'm at now, so we talked about this a little bit before. So the work that I do, I have my own company, Hello Human. We do team building, organizational development work. And I have learned group work in this context of confidentiality. And what I'm experimenting with now are different ways of framing that where the story stays here. The story, we don't need the story, the details, the juicy goss. That can stay. <laughs> 
Juicy goss. The juicy goss. That. That's what they get. I'm very current now because I work with the I work with the kids. I'm with the people. We don't need the juicy goss. But what I am interested in is how can we share and take from each other's stories and experiences, which is obviously why you're doing this podcast, to inform my own life and my choices. Mm-hmm. Now that includes if I work with you, knowing about what may trigger you or inspire you, this is important information. Right. And so holding kind of sort of a feeling, a knowing, a understanding from the story, taking the understanding away and separating that out from like the salacious details, Mm -hmm. which don't serve outside this context. It's sort of like the story you're telling me is bringing through a deeper understanding about who you are and why you do what you do. And that's the piece Mm. that, you know, can inspire others. So I always, I now kind of with circles and leading them away of like, take the inspiration from one another, take the motivation, take Mm -hmm. the, the just, you know, if you want to have a good cry about that story later, like, like bring that, that heart opening, bring that with you. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're here for Mm -hmm. anyway. It's It's almost like, it's a medicine. Exactly. That's what we're here for. And, you know, part of why I had to kind of a evolved that as I felt more and more as I was working in corporate environments. I mean, in our women's moon circles, that's one thing, you know, we right. come with such a, a buy-in. We, we really sneak away them. from our family in the night, you know, to gather in someone's house. Totally. At work, it's a different ball of wax because yeah. people, um, you know, I, I, I'm grateful and confident. I know people have a great experience uh, in my groups and people come because they have to. I mean, they're at work. Again, it's like, even though it's a family and everyone loves each other, this is your job. You have to be here. Your boss hired me. You got to come. And it felt like to ask confidentiality, I was sort of like, Mm. I actually can't guarantee this to this circle. Mm. So I didn't want to set people up for like, and I think that this can apply with certain mom situations as well. There's sort of like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, don't, what do you want to say? And what is, what is really at the meat of what you mean and what you need for this group? And you can't guarantee someone's not going to, you know, I I don't know. It it just, it just, it worked. I didn't feel like that was a fair thing. It was setting up and it was setting up the boundaries wrong where people, sometimes people would really take me up on it. They'd be like, oh, cool. Confidential space. And they dumped something in there it was not work appropriate. And mm. I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is my circle. I have only myself mm. to look at here of mm. how can I continue to reframe this? And because, you know, then I've sort of set this person to this funny trap and now I can't oh, control God. what's going on with so everybody here. It's so complicated. It's so layered. So yeah. it's something with circles, you know, and we had talked about this. I, one of the circle traditions I've been trained in and carried is something called council. I was trained at a place up at the OI foundation, uh, which was, uh, burned through in a fire, but indoors. And um, the practices got intentions and is structured and is, you know, has a dogma around it. And I am so grateful for like all the healing that I've had in circle and for all the years of facilitation. And I certainly see myself in that space again over the course of my life. And how to, you know, evolving things also, you know, as we talked about, things are always changing mm-hmm. and how do we sort of evolve things? Okay. This is a practice like our women's circle that was like kind of insular. It's like people yeah. in this community and yeah, you sort of, right. I didn't know a lot of council people in the mainstream. There are still not a lot. Most of the council people, you know, people are mm-hmm. kind of wacky and it's, it's finding its way into the mainstream now. And I want to do everything I can to take 
what makes sense about lots of different circle practices into a safe, productive, modern work setting and situation. And you can do that with your own business. I can do that with my own business. more fluidity. With more fluidity. Yeah. I've found, um, I'm partnered with a really incredible woman who comes from the learning and development side of things. So she did your unconscious bias training, your sexual Mm -hmm. harassment training. And she was always looking to bring more meaning to her work. Mm -hmm. And I'd most recently... Uh, been at a tech company doing like sort of this really kind of esoteric team building, like so really cool. out there, which is so I love cool. That you did that. So cool. And I'm so grateful to. And the combination of the two of us of like, okay, how do we mm-hmm. take some of this ancient medicine and and put it forward in this modern way to make it more accessible to people who aren't coming out to the moon circle at right. night? So I still get to retreat to my moon circle space right. and do my things and do counsel with my people. And I'm I'm interested in how can I be a bridge also mm-hmm. for people to benefit from circle right. and from sharing stories, which is so critical in a in a in a modern way. You really opened way. my eyes when we had coffee a couple of months ago about that because I wanted to go or I am going to go into the corporate sphere, but you helped um, put some good boundaries on that because I, I just want to share everything. I mean, Please. I'm an open book. I'm yeah. so let's get into the juicy. Yeah. Um, but it isn't appropriate because you don't, it's human nature, right? If if I know that one of my best workers is struggling with postpartum anxiety, no matter how much I love her and trust her and all that, I may not give her this next huge deal, right? right. I know it's going to be long hours for a year and blah, blah, blah. It's just going to be human nature to give it to somebody else, right? Exactly. And so- People would probably even make that choice thinking they are supporting that exactly, worker. Exactly. Oh, I don't want to put this on her. Exactly. She just told me yesterday she's on the verge. Right. So Even though she's totally got together. We're literally yeah. all on the verge. She's exactly. just the one who chose to say it. Exactly. She's in her quote unquote safe space. Exactly. And she was having that. That was her experience that day. Exactly. Because her nanny was late. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's just- yeah. I mean, it's so layered. It's so layered. And, and you know, I always try to think about, because again, I'm always trying to hold, I'm, I'm interested and curious into looking into, because I never want people to feel like they're holding a secret. Yeah. Like I'm holding a story. Like right. you told me something and now it's a secret. So right. I'm always interested in how can I coach people to like, just sort of reframe how we listen to story mm-hmm. and how we think about taking away from story. I want to be moved and changed by your story. I want to take this with me. When I'm working with a team, they're not paying me just for that hour. They need to feel... They, they need to feel the impact of the work when they go back to their desk. They have to yeah. take it outside the room. Otherwise, that doesn't make any sense for them. It's right. not a sound investment of their time and resource. I, right. I, I need them to carry it through. So how do, we, how do we coach about sharing with each other in that way? And then, you know, with our own stories, I also, similarly, I don't want anyone to feel like they have a story they want to say, but they can't say it because mm-hmm. it's so shameful. That's yeah. like so the not, that's so not it. Um, But there is a matter of like what serves to say. Mm -hmm. That's often the language that I use around it. Like, please take your time. There's no rush. Mm -hmm. Think about what really serves to say here. And both for you, like it's in service of you. And and in my assessment of it, when we're in a circle, we are also in service of the circle, which is kind of a critical thing. So again, if you and I are in circle together, like naked in the mugwort in the Olympic spa, (laughs) Like what serves to say is like literally anything, right, almost, exactly. you know, and I'm so grateful for yeah. being, I, I need that. I can't yeah, always be too. in contained spaces. Yeah. And I'm grateful when I'm in different spaces to know kind of what the boundaries are exactly. so I can properly access stories. You and I, 
you know, there's so much we could talk about during this hour. We could go so many different ways, but I'm interested in the listeners and in this conversation and and what serves to say here. So it's not that I'm holding other stuff as secret right now. I'm just focusing on what serves to say. Mm -hmm. And I think that that applies a lot with talking in general. You know, you asked me before because I... I do try to be very intentional with my words. You are. And I, I love that about you. It's, I, it feels like a meditation for me. I can be, I'm totally that person who, when I say stuff, I then trip out about it for three days of like, why did I say it like that? I should have used this word. I would never that think word. that about you because oh, everything totally do that. feels so intentional. Well, because I'm like, maybe because I'm obsessed about it. <laughs> yeah, myself. But- I don't know. You know, I mean, I, as I said, definitely being a, a good public speaker was valued in my family. My family um, is full of good public speakers. So I, I think it's in it's in my genetics in some ways. And it was certainly encouraged. And I've identified that, you know, from an early age as a strength. And it's such a, it's a useful one. It is. And I, I've definitely useful. tried to make, to avail myself. But, you know, nothing comes, there's no uh, light without shadow. And so mm-hmm. for sure, I can also be that, I am equally that person who trips out about my words. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say something right. I didn't pause for long enough to talk to that person. I paused too long. Right. And I can really get into the minutia of that. That's been a big thing with me and my partner because, of course, I see him as an extension of myself sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm spinning, when I'm not mm-hmm. in myself. It's yeah. easier to just project myself oh, yeah. onto him. And um, he's much more like, loose with what he says and how he says it. And I can just go like into being like, I just want to like critique the way he's talking, Mm. which he obviously loves. Just kidding. I'm sorry, baby. (laughs) We're working on it. We're working on it. No. So so it's, it's just, it's interesting. That's, that's a threat for me. So, so this, this talent I'll say Mm. comes of course at a price. Nothing is Nobody's good at something and not like paying some price for that, by the way, again, just everyone out there. When that person that you, yeah. are looking at on the gram or your neighbor or whatever, who's yeah. got it all together, they do. And they're yeah. paying a price yeah, for it. Exactly. We all are. We all are. We all are. It just doesn't, that's not how it works. There's two yeah. sides to a coin. Things are multidimensional. It's not linear. It's just not the physical reality of our world. Yeah. So. And embracing and forgiving yourself for those things. Like I. Critical. What makes me great at being a doula is my listening and holding space and my empathy. And that in the real world is overwhelming a lot of the time. I was just going to say empathy you know? is a cl- such a classic. I know yeah. you to be so empathetic. I can imagine what yeah. that's like for you sometimes. Yeah. It's it's it, it's too much, my system. So really, I, I have to find my boundaries, you yeah. know? And my husband doesn't have those same sensitivities, you know? So it is that mirror of learning new ways to work with them and strengthen parts of them and not, I think also just not being like, oh, this is who I am for me forever. You know, it's yes. like evolving also and like working those muscles in new ways. And um, I think, I think that part of something that's, I completely agree. Absolutely. And we're, we're changing all the time. And, you know, again, back to, I think looking at some of the stuff that maybe we experience as a challenge, you know, which is usually the stuff then that we kind of hide and do mm-hmm. privately trying to link that with the talent yeah. that it comes mm-hmm. with. It's something I always try to remind myself. So, you know, just to go on on this example, and we could go into any of the things I obsess about and trip yeah. about or whatever. There's a lot of them. But, you know, when I'm having that, like, oh, that interaction wasn't as amazing as I know I can make it. Right. I'm still reminded, like, Marissa, you're you're a clear and loving speaker. Your heart mm-hmm. is true. Like, yeah. it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need to follow up, which sometimes I do because I do get so tripped out about this, sometimes I will email people later with like, hey, I said this and 
it occurred to me that it could have this impact. Yeah. And I just wanted to be really clear that this was my intention. And that's beautiful. Exactly. And I, I do that. And something my husband sometimes makes fun of me about because sometimes I literally like can't sleep because yeah. we were at some social event and I said something offhanded. I make a joke. I can be sarcastic, which mm-hmm. is like a trap, you know, for someone so clear like me, sometimes people are hanging my words and I make a sarcastic joke. Sometimes people get it. Sometimes people don't. I've yeah. definitely like hurt people's feelings with that. Mm. And so it's just something I am. Yeah. Aware of, but again, that's a nice way to. So. Uh, I mean, no one's going to be offended by you sending an email, or no one's going to be offended you know. by. Yeah, clear. Owning your week. stuff, owning your stuff. Yeah. People love that. People love it. I never have gotten negative feedback, yeah. even in my professional life, where I do feel it's you know more and more, but you know, buttoned all the time, and then particularly with this incarnation with my own company, and yet I'm always looking for like, how can we do it better? How can we do it? And even in the moment when I'm with teams, there's like kind of like a live tweet of like. Totally. I'm pivoting. This is happening. Nobody has a negative reaction to you owning no. your and, stuff. And it's so refreshing, actually. Because you're like, oh, I can just course correct that quickly. Right. And it is so powerful for you personally and then the other person. Yeah. I love it. It's even with your kids, your parenting. Wow. Sorry. That came out really harsh. Yeah. I did not mean for it to be that way. I right. mean, I just, Jemima spilled a lot, a significant amount of our honey the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, exhausted, doing a million things. And I got pissed in the moment, you know? And I was just like, you know, get out of the kitchen. I didn't yell at her, but I was just, I was firm. Right. And way more firm than I normally am. And, you know, then she cried because she felt so sorry. And instead of going down the like shame, guilt rabbit hole, I went and I apologized to her. And I also said, it was an accident. I overreacted and it's time for you to clean it up now. Right. You know? So it's not just like, I'm sorry, and you get away with everything. Right. It's like, and now we can proactively clean it together because that's going to be a real job. And I full on need your help. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. So like that's a sticky, sticky fucking yeah. job. And <laughs> you have something to offer mm-hmm. here. You mm-hmm. are an agent of change here. Also. And then she felt better. Yes. Because she was actively of helping. Course. Get to clean up your mess. I mean, yeah. what a like amazing metaphor. I know. <laughs> it's just like so on the nose. And it's that's so the perfect. Boundaries is you are just cleaning up your messes cleaning and you just know where you stand. If you overstepped, you you know it and you apologize for it. You you just clean it up. And then the more you practice that and other people in your life see that, then they know that's how you are. And then they are going to give that back to you. I mean, which not but, always, but. But, but you know, more often than not, yeah. I find. And, and again, we're all related. It's like, if I'm doing it, I think that this benefit flows, again, back to like our domestic workers. This is another part of it too. I mean, I love how you were describing it. I know this has been my experience as well, where I have seen my employee like see herself in a different way. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. And it's like, if I can, if I can help, the clarity and the boundaries, like the scary, hard conversations, that's the stuff that moves the needle. Totally. We don't just do it by being passive aggressive and dropping weird yeah. hints. It's like, that yeah. doesn't do it. You got to go there. And I am a really big fan of writing it down. I was so excited we're here. I was like so excited with oh your 10 year anniversary. And I loved what you told me. I don't know. Have you talked on the podcast already about what you just did with it. your yeah. vows? Yeah. yeah. About writing it down. Like these yeah. are our principles. And I always encourage teams to do the same. It's one of our starting points as we had talked about that. I refer to them as values. Right. When you go into a business. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, what, what's the goal that you're working towards? That's really cool. Let's talk about the roadmap, the yeah. parameters. Totally. To achieve this goal, would we do absolutely anything? Probably not. There's ways you want to engage in the world. So what are those? And then 
having it written down, I just think is really powerful because yeah, it gives you too. something to return to. Because I know for me, in the moments that I'm stressed or I'm spun or I'm whatever, yeah. it's easy for me to shift where I put oh, them. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't, no, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean though. it that way. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> so it's nice to be like, well, you wrote it just that right. way. You actually used <laughs> this scenario as a potential example. And said that this is how you, this is what it would be. I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Having oh. it written down is cool. I, I'm a big fan of writing stuff down in general. Yeah. I do a lot of journaling for my meditation. I was doing that on my mm-hmm. way in here. And um, so, yeah, again, I just really encourage listeners out there if there's like, particularly with the help in your life, or if you're yeah. looking at your own, if you're looking at yourself thinking, I don't do anything, what do I do? What's going yeah. on? taking stock of your responsibilities. Totally. It's just a great first step. And there's this beautiful quote, which I use all the time in my life, my daily life from the Kundalini guru, Yogi Bhajan, which is there's a way through every block. And I think as new mothers, each different thing can be so overwhelming. And to really just slow it down, which is the whole 40 days. We're just slowing everything down so you can like wrap your head around this, you know, and your body around this new thing. Yeah. And just to really know that it's all happening in divine timing. And that's with everything, you know? I mean, and to you even questioning your words, it's like spirit above you, which you're very in tune with, you know, you are saying actively every day, please let me be a vessel. I mean, that's meditation before I do the podcast. Please let me be a vessel for whatever I say to offer some healing and support for one woman that's listening today, you know? And because I I mean, we could sit down, we could literally talk about a thousand things. Right. So it's like, may our words be the words that need to be heard today. Exactly. And, And then when you do fuck up, you give it, you know, you give it to God or you give it up because it was like, that's what needed to happen. That's how it had to play out. That's how I love to see that. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to give myself, that's part of then the forgiveness also of like, you know what? Maybe they needed to hear, maybe they needed to hear it that way. Maybe I yeah. needed to walk away that much faster, stay that much longer. Totally. You know, you, we can't always, that intent we versus impact that. is like, there's a gap there. We can't mm-hmm. always know. So yeah, there is a, that balance again of being intentional and being in the surrender. Yeah. Which is just another non-linear just bizarre it's so it's such a it's like all these things but it's just again back to those two sides we just don't everything has a dynamic tension as part of it that's just our world yeah and the more you can be in flow of it because the fighting of it is what creates so much tension and suffering yes the fighting and and the hiding the shielding you know i see with teams that i work with uh you know, something we like to sort of get to is getting into people's identity and like, who are you? Who's Mm. the whole of you? There's so much talk now about bringing your authentic self to work, your Mm. whole self to work. And the reality is when you're keeping some part of yourself, Mm. the fact that you have help, the fact that you trip out about overthinking words, the fact that whatever, you're you're keeping the light away of that Mm. part too, Mm -hmm. the talent, the thing that you have to offer. And so often, in work situations, and I'd say in social situations, certainly I've felt this pressure. In mom situations, we want to be what we see as the norm. Right. We want to be the the like with everybody else. I'm not different. I'm just like you. Everything's fine. I have right. the same stroller. We have the same snack mm-hmm. tins. I'm yeah. totally fine. I'm part of the group. Yeah. And there's a biological instinct towards mm-hmm. that. You know, one of the reasons we we settled on the name Hello Human is that humans are pack animals. Yeah. So a lot of our group dynamics, even this mothering, you know, in being in a group and being with supporting other women, and then this exactly translates with work situations as well, 
there's old stuff at play about fitting in with the group, being a part of the pack that is survival instinct Mm. stuff. And our world has changed so much. Our bodies haven't evolved that much, but our world has changed so much. And I think we've lost some of the fluidity that comes with being in a pack, Mm -hmm. that people do have different roles at different times and you leverage different people's strengths at different times to achieve different ends. With wolves, for example, you know, we always think of like the alpha male in the pack, but that's only during certain times of year. There's a whole other time of year that it's the alpha female because that's when they're giving their babies and the whole pack shifts and they focus on the alpha female and she decides where they go and when they hunt and what's happening because she's in tune with all the women that are about to have the pups. Mm. And the pack just like naturally does that. And then when it's a different time of year, it's like she can she goes quiet and the alpha male steps back in and up. So you know, again, how can we see each other as like, okay, your uniqueness, the part of yourself that you're not bringing to this conversation is actually like the coolest part. Right. And That's the richest part. That's yeah. the part we need. I don't need, you know, more people. We're both sitting here with our stainless steel coffee mugs, which was the joke yes. I was about to make. Like <laughs> all of us talking about, you know, it's, Mm-hmm. What what are you doing that's weird? What do you see that I don't see? Okay. That's the piece that is so valuable to take away from other people's stories and experience. And that's mm-hmm. where we have a responsibility to one another. Again, not to not to not to overshare. And I always I hear people sometimes on your podcast, like when they say something about their periods or whatever, being like, ah, yeah. oh, TMI. And I know again, in this context, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And yet, like, okay, how do I bring the weird thing out there? serve because you don't need to hear me talking about the same stuff everybody's talking about. That's so boring. And I don't need to be repeating it, like trying to make myself feel normal. Let me Mm. celebrate who I am and the differences that I have. And yeah. And my, my you know, when we look back at our own lives, Lisa, I know for myself that sometimes the darkest parts, the most uncomfortable parts, that is the true healing when I own it and work through it. And, you know, the fact that my husband and I were able to, Repromise these new principles for the next 10 years. You know, we got there with a lot of fucking hard work, right. you know, in tears and not knowing if we we're going to make it and a second kid and, you know, the deaths of our fathers. Like, there's so many things, you know, right. and it's beautiful. And right. looking back, I wouldn't change any of it, which when you're in it, it sounds insane. But it's with everything. Exactly. I thought work, I, jobs, I, kids. I only think in some ways it sounds insane because we've, we're all like somehow on board with this like perfect family right. ideal. I, I don't know how, where Which we I don't know any. Idea. I don't know if you guys out Never. there. If anyone's got one, call me. No, <laughs> Let us I, don't Please know, DM me. I don't even know where we got this. I know. I don't even know where we got this idea. I mean, this is like a total, like, is this total like leave it to beaver? Like, did they just- And honestly, when I see those people, I'm like, mm, there's some major darkness in there. Get back to because, my reference yeah. before. You see somebody who you think yeah. like, oh, they've got the perfect, let me tell you, they're paying a price. I know. Like I can tell they're you right now. I know. And and love upon them. Yeah. Like and you can be inspired by like yeah. the off the awesome yeah. whatever it is that you're seeing in that other person that feels aspirational to you. Right. Be inspired by it. But don't be fooled that right. you're gonna come out of your house with your hair washed one day. Right. And it's gonna somehow change the whole, you know, and that's actually a really important price. piece because to not get into that negative, um, like Schadenfreuden, like getting joy out of other people's misery. Yes. And that is a big thing of the sharing, you know? And, of the, like, and the gossip, which you brought up before. The gossip piece of like, that is an addiction. And totally. it is so deep. And with women too, it's like, we need to vent. It is part of, I think, of who we are, our 
just as women. I agree. Throughout thousands of years, you know, women were in their tent and we would gossip and we would just talk. But then it was like free into the sky. Yeah. And it's not how it is now where, because we're, that everyone's trying to do it so perfectly that then when you find these little tidbits of like, oh, well, they're suffering this way. Their marriage is falling apart, blah, 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 blah. They're going bankrupt. You know, we, not to take joy in that, but just to see the humanity yes. and empathy, right. you know? And then, and just then to allow for ourselves, like we don't need to be perfect. No one is perfect, right? you know? And the more that you grab onto that idea of perfection, the more suffering you just create for yourself and everyone around you. Everyone around you. I mean, Everybody you see wants- it, yeah. I mean, dressing kids up perfectly to go meet Santa, but like the kids, you've yelled at them in the car for 30 <laughs> minutes and they're in tears and like, you hate life. Like, what's and that you, about? Like bribed them with sugar exactly. to take the photo and the whole yeah. thing. And it's like, you know what? Good on you. Like, I fucking get it. Yeah. One of my, my best friend has this glorious collection of every year she's taken her kids to see wow. the same Santa and it's like displayed on the mantle and it's literally tear jerky and it's like soft. <laughs> and she's very transparent, but like, it's a shit show. <laughs> she does it for the photos. And so it's like, fuck a girl, like do your mm-hmm. thing. But exactly. like but own it. Own it and yeah. bring in the whole of it. Let exactly. me experience the whole of it. I don't look at that and think like, oh God, like, why would you do something so hard? It's like, because it's so I can have these pictures on my mantle at Christmas right. time. It looks awesome. It's and I so think sweet. also when we see that in other people, it, you know, wanting to fit in with everyone because it, we feel like we then judge ourselves for doing it wrong, yes. you know? And yes. so just anyway, it's, exactly. it's all these things. It's, it's all these things. Sharing and, and, more so we hear more stories. Yes. We know the realness of everyone's lives. Yes. And then we can accept our own and then we can share more. And then it becomes this like symbiotic thing and we're all a lot happier. Exactly. But it's going to take work to do that because we're in this modern urban isolation. We're not in that village. Well, and I, and I think, you know, back to as women, you know, the patriarchy has sold us this idea that, you know, it's a pie and there's yeah. only so many slices. And so I think, you know, sometimes when we get that tidbit totally. about someone's marriage falling apart, someone's whatever, someone was drunk at a party, like we saw something yeah. and it's like, I want to tear her down because yeah. I'm trying to get real estate here. Exactly. And we have such a responsibility to each other as women. You know what I mean? We can, yeah. we, we got it. We got to take, we got to, we, we got to take control. It. We got to own it. We got to own it. Yeah. We got to own it. It, it. it may not, it changes it with us. this was created, you know, this was put upon us. We were yeah. trained to be this way. This isn't our natural nature. Fine. But like we, yeah. we're the only ones who can reprogram exactly. ourselves with do this. You know, the exactly. men, it's not like there's a kill switch somewhere to right. the patriarchy right. and someone's going to unplug it someday. <laughs> You know, yeah. we've got to reprogram ourselves and we've got to show our daughters and, our kids, and our kids our daughters. something different. And we've got to celebrate when someone comes to me with like, oh my God, we're going bankrupt. This is what's yeah. going on. Like, wow, like, how are you going to handle that? What's yeah. going on? Like, yeah. what can we do for you? And also you've Support got that. this. Yeah. And like, it was still the right thing to do to chase that dream and to do this mm-hmm. thing and and support each other and hear it in the fullness and not not, totally. not hear it as a shame. Again, I think we, yeah. I experienced that I don't have the instinct. You know, I hear so many people's stories and it's funny because people who I've worked with, you know, usually when I run into them, you know, they've had this intimate connection with me because they shared mm-hmm. something with me that was special to them. And the reality is I, I don't remember people's stories in that when I'm working in yeah. that way, because I've just sort of, I have sort of trained my mind to like, I take a feeling from it. I remember the person, but you know, and they'll be like, oh, Remember that thing I told you? And I'm like, oh, and I always want to, and I'm, it's kind of a funny moment, but I do try to be really honest about it. I was like, you know, I've really yeah. trained myself. Like I just- You release it. I release it. Yeah. I really don't remember, but yeah. I do remember you. And I remember that you were doing really cool stuff and totally. that's great. Same so. with postpartum doula work. I mean, yes. I know 
some of the most intimate things about women yes. and their husbands and their mothers and their mother-in-laws, you know, and right. I don't take it with me. Right. You know, it is a, I'm a clear vessel exactly. when I come and go. When and I come and go. That's how people can trust me exactly. and allow me to play that, you know, support. And we get so much more access then to the real yeah. shit of it. And I'm feeling so much more like, oh, right. I'm not alone. I'm not weird. Totally. Everyone's out here working it out. Yeah. And so- I get, again, there's a give and there's a get. Yeah. I've let go of like trying to hold on to details and tearing other people down, but I've, I get yeah. like access to people's intimate yeah. lives. And so I have counsel of women and, tr- and people trust me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a trade-off, but it's, it's funny. And then, you know, I don't know, whatever, even like gossiping about celebs, all that stuff, just yeah. that, yeah. that muscle, that instinct when people yeah. talk about a guilty pleasure. And I can, I totally like keep up with the Kardashians and that kind of stuff too. Like I'm not, I love pop culture actually. I, I find it mm-hmm. fun and exciting, but I notice like, is, where is this kind of trying to play into that reflex? Right. Of yeah. like, oh, did you see what happened? Da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah. oh, because I don't know her because they put their life out there. It's okay. It's permissible. Right. That may be. But for me, I'm working on reprogramming myself. Mm-hmm. So it is just not permissible yeah. to be talking about other people in, in that way. It doesn't feel good for me. It doesn't matter. It's like, right. it's just. And honestly, if we all just paid more attention on our own lives, we'd be a lot happier. Like this celeb culture is so ridiculous. I mean, if you look at, you know, what's normal, what's familiar, you know, we all think that's normal. Yeah. Most of our culture is really abnormal. Really abnormal. You know, like none of it really makes sense. <laughs> like if people like 500 years ago, they'd be like, what are you talking? I don't understand. I mean, never I mean, has that been true than today yeah. when we're looking at like, like who we the are, leaders we in own, our country what have, and what we're dealing our, yeah, with. Yeah. Like our materials, like you can just make up things now about your education or your job or like anything. You can just live on credit. You don't even own exactly. things and exactly. you have stuff. It's like, it's, there's a total disconnect. It's a total disconnect. It's a and, total disconnect. And then we we only, you know, hold people on a pedestal that we think have that, but it's all, you know, smoke and mirrors. They're paying a price. And then we're not actually respecting the person that takes a bus an hour and a half across town to be a domestic worker. Yeah, in our own ra- home. In our own home to like raise other people's children, our own other, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't line up. It doesn't line up. There's a lot going on. There's so, a lot going on. I know. Exactly. Like when people are like, oh, you own your house? I'm like, I mean, people say they own their house. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to own our house for another 30 years. So that's fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. Totally. That took me years to understand. I was yeah. like, I still don't understand like how you can buy a house if right. you don't have that money. I right. don't understand. <laughs> right. Right. Like, anyway. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot. And I feel like talking. we're still just like scratching the surface. So I'd I love know. to have you back on I'm, another, another kind of adjacent topic. I would love, I would love to um, love to be back. It's been but, really great talking to you. And I feel very connected uh, with all the listeners out there and everyone. And just, yeah, you're all doing great. Yeah. You're if all you're doing listening great. to this, you're taking care of yourself in this moment. You're doing yeah. something to pour into yourself and good on you. Yeah. And it starts with us in our own home. You know, it does start with us. We are the ones creating the structure and the flow. And it is a massive responsibility, yes. but it's one that we have signed up for because it's happening. It's happening. And if and if you're someone, which again, I imagine if you're listening to this, you are who cares about the world, cares about your impact in the world, good news. You have an incredible opportunity mm. to make a big impact mm. just from that. your home. You're right so here. True. You don't have to look outside your home. You can We can be in our home. Yeah. And the way something is, is the way everything is. So- such a good so one. So we can keep it focused and yeah. and and do what we can do with what we have. And this relationship, 
you know, of help is already in your life, like perfect. Mm-hmm. You can, it's, a, it's a great opportunity and it's going to help everybody. Yeah. It's going to feel hard for a second and then you're going to be on another side yeah. and then it'll feel hard again when you got to reiterate it. Yeah. It's just a constant up-leveling, which a is great. So we have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That's 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 the gig, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's I'm just, the gig, guys. Just, that's the gig. <laughs> that's the gig. Sending love out to all of you, and thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. Jema.